God never intended for us to live in a rut of malaise. And how easy in life it is to get caught in the cycle and the malaise, the rut, and just exist and really not flourish in life. Someone has said that living is the greatest cause of stress today. And just going through life and attending all you need to attend, whether it's school or family, parents, job, uh, all the activities and assignments and responsibilities you have, they can kind of mount up in life. You ever felt like Goldilocks? Remember the story of Goldilocks? She would go into house and this porridge is too hot and this porridge is too cold. And finally she found the porridge that is just right. Are you still looking for that just right? Have you just, have you been going like, this is not the right job and this is not the right place and this is not the right interest and this is not the right, and you, you, there's something missing in life and you just feel like you're going through, but there's, there's always a sense of emptiness. May I say that most of us, self-included, we live our lives in the emotional realm. We describe ourselves, we, we, we put in verbiage how we feel and how we function in emotional language. I'm happy, I'm sad, I, I feel better, I, I, I feel exhausted, I, I, I feel uh, unappreciated, I, I feel sad, I feel lonely, I feel dejected, I feel... We, we describe an emotion and our emotions pretty well define who we are and define our life. However, we are primarily a spiritual being. We're made in the image of God, and God puts spirit in us, but many of us rarely see our lives and function in the domain of the spirit as God intended us. We typically operate in the emotional realm. Now, let me say, we were, you and I, we were created for worship, but we were not born to know how to worship. We were born to be able to talk and walk, but we had to learn how to do that. We had to learn to talk, walk. You were born, we were created for worship, but we were not born with the ability to do that. And we have to learn how to worship. You see, the moment that we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, the moment we turn our heart to the Lord, the Bible says we become a new person in Christ Jesus. The old passes away and our hearts become new. We become alive in the spirit. Our spirit being takes on life. It, it was dormant. It was dead. It was, it was not functioning. It was not alive. It was not really the, the leading thing in our life. But when we receive Jesus, our spiritual person comes alive. But many of us still live in the emotional realm because that's how we're trained and that's how we operate. But God intends for us to operate and function in the spiritual realm, and many of us don't know how to do that. I like what Jack Hayford said. He said, God created worship because he wants you to enjoy him. I like that. God created worship because God wants us to enjoy him. Many of us think that somehow we worship is just bragging on God, that God, we need to bolster God's ego. God doesn't lack anything. If God ever invites us to do something, it's not for his benefit, it's always for our benefit. And God created worship so we would enjoy him. Many of us, many of us don't understand what worship is, and today we're going to talk about worship. We're going we're gonna to explain it. In fact, that's the title of my teaching this weekend. 
worship expressions, to know how to express worship unto the Lord. Now, some of us, what we, what we think is worship is really veneration. What do you mean by veneration? Veneration is when you respect or honor somebody. That's veneration. For example, uh, maybe you've been in a setting where a politician, a mayor, governor, or a senator, or something has entered in. You've been in a hall or a meeting or something. And typically, you'll stand and you'll give a standing ovation. That's venerating. That's veneration. Now, you may not even have voted for them, but you honor and you respect the office that they hold. And many of us, that's what we do. We come to church and we, we, we're engaged in veneration and there's nothing wrong with that. We honor the moment. During a time of, of worship and singing, we stand, you'll stand. That during a, a, a time of prayer, you bow your head. During, during a time of sharing, you, uh, you were invited a while ago, you probably smiled at somebody. You go through the re- routine and the order and the practice, and you're, you're venerating. This is, you're showing honor and respect for the moment and for the event. There's nothing wrong with that, but veneration is not worship. Worship is an activity. Worship is an expression of our heart. Worship comes from us to the Lord. And our worship and our celebration to God is not for the people around us. The worship team did not come up here to kind of entertain us. They're not here to hold it on. People are not singing to audition for anything. We're not trying to impress the person around us. When we gather, when we come to this place, We're gathering for one express purpose, to worship the Lord. We call this event a worship service. We don't call it a gathering time. We don't call it an offering service. We don't call it a teaching service. We don't call it a fellowship service. We may do all of that, but what characterizes this event and this gathering is worship. We call, you said, I'm going to a worship service. And we do it as unto the Lord. We are honoring the Lord. And there is an audience of one, and that is God, and that's who we express our worship to. It's not to impress anybody else. We're we're not trying to put on an air. We're, we're, We're not trying to impress anyone. There's one person in this room that we focus on in worship, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we lift up our heart in expressions of worship unto the Lord. Now, with that in mind, I'm going to invite you to go to Psalm 100, and we're going to spend three weeks on this one chapter, five verses, but we're going to unpack it over three weeks. Today, I'm going to look at verse one through three, Psalm 100, and I believe this has something to say for all of us, self-included, on how we can engage in worship expressions. Now, as you look at this Uh, chapter in the Bible, you'll notice probably in your Bible between the chapter number and the first verse, there's this sentence. It's probably out italicized in your Bible. Now, some versions, that italicized phrase is actually listed as verse number one, and sometimes it's listed, uh, verse number one is following. That is actually called what we call the superscription of the text. And the superscription of the text tells us it's a psalm or a song. The word psalms, they are literally songs. The song or a psalm for giving grateful praise. 
That was the purpose of this. Now we're going to go as the NIV list, verse number one. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Verse one and two tells us what to do. We're to worship the Lord in song. Notice three times in verse one through two, it it lists this, this idea of joy or gladness. That's celebrating with joy and gladness. How can we celebrate with joy and gladness? It tells us what to do. Why we do it is found in the first line of of verse number three. Know that the Lord is God. The reason we worship is because we know God. The reason we sing, the reason we gather, the reason we come and express worship to the Lord is because we know God. You probably have a brother-in-law or a coworker that will say something like this to you from time to time. I don't know why you go to church. You take all that time. I don't get anything. I don't know why you do that. I don't enjoy it. They, they, they tell you and they want to boss you around and there's a preacher telling you what you ought to do or not do. They ask you for your money and you have to sit there and listen to music and I don't like that. I like, I like Garth Brooks and they sing all these other songs. I don't know what it's all about. And I, and t- I don't know what you do. You you know why? They don't know the Lord. They don't know the Lord. They've never discovered Jesus as their Savior. And if you don't know the Lord, there's no basis, there's no reason for you to sing and shout and have gladness in your heart. But if you know the Lord, guess what you will do? You're going to shout and sing and there's going to be joy in your heart. Let's finish verse number three. It is he, speaking of God, who has made us, and we are his. What a great thought. We are his. Put that in your spirit. You are God's. That last sentence, we are his people. I like this, the sheep of his pasture. In the biblical times, sheep of his pasture, sheep and a shepherd was a very endearing phrase. The Lord is our shepherd. It's a very endearing. It speaks of care. It, it, it speaks of, uh, uh, of, of fondness. It speaks of clo- closeness. It speaks of love. It sp- speaks of affinity. And he is saying that we worship the Lord because we know him. But how do we know him? And now he, he couches it in this phrase. It's like we're the sheep of his pasture. He, he loves us. That's why we worship. And I want to share with us a few thoughts today. Number one is praise. Praise is responding to God's love. Praise is responding to God's love. We praise because we are the sheep of his pasture because God loves us. Now, there are different ways to express praise. And if you look in the app, I list several of them. And I'm going to touch on a few of them. One is the clapping of hands. The Bible says in Psalm 47, 1, it's right to clap hands unto the Lord. Now, according to Wikipedia, the whole idea of clapping hands goes several hundred years before B.C., And according to Wikipedia, it was a time in which it was to show uh, it's a universal sign of a celebration or affirmation or esteem of somebody. And according to the article, it says that not, it kind of was adopted because not everybody could, could snap their fingers. And, they, and not, not everybody, when you stomp your feet, that that was abrupt for some and it, was, it would cause fear. So there was a universal uh, practice and expression that has gained 
that has gained universal uh, recognition as showing affirmation, and that is clapping. And the Bible says we're to clap unto the Lord. Now, according to Wikipedia, they date it back. This verse here precedes that. In other words, before, before humanity created clapping, God created it. And God says you do this unto him, and it's an expression. And the thing I like about clapping, if you close your eyes, you don't know if it's a male or a female. You don't know if it's a 13-year-old or a 33-year-old or an 83-year-old. You don't know if it's somebody that has a high IQ, low IQ. You don't know if it's a rich, poor, or middle-class person. It has a universal expression, and it has no signature whatsoever. It just comes from people, and the Bible says, and we clap as a an offering is an expression unto the Lord. Clapping our hands is an expression. Another one is singing praise, Psalm 149, verse 1. In fact, our text says, and come before him with joyful songs. We sing to the Lord. Now, some of us, we don't sing to the Lord. Guys, I recognize that. Some of us were intimidated by that. We're not good singers, and we, we don't feel uh, like we have a musical capability. Remember, it's not for the people around us. It's an audience of one. It's an audience of one. And that's what we're doing. We're expressing worship unto the Lord. Now, let me share with you something that you know but maybe you've never connected this idea. Inside the human brain, there's these gaps. There's these places that God has created in your brain. God made you with these gaps, and those gaps are to have songs in them. In fact, it's called involuntary musical imagery. Involuntary musical imagery. And there's places that these songs go in your brain, and once they're there, they're there for a lifetime. They actually fill in the gaps. There's places God created in your brain that God deposits songs. But you know what? The advertisers have come along, and they created these jingles. Have you ever had that little jingle that you just can't, you can't get out of your mind? Yeah. <laughs> you remember this one? I don't want to grow up because if I did, I wouldn't be a Toys R Us kid. You remember that? Some of you, as I was saying, you were finishing. That's from 1984. Hmm. I wish I were an Oscar Mayer. Yeah, that's 1964. That's been in your brain for 50 years now. And an advertiser, they, they filled it up. And you know what we're doing? We're saving it for wiener songs, and God says that's the place I am to be. God says that spot was created in your brain to put a song of joy to the Lord that when you're in sadness and you're in depression and your emotions are talking to you, you reach back and, and you don't have to have a song book. You don't have to, you don't have, to have your, 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 your song list in front of you. It will spontaneously come out and you will sing joyful songs to the Lord. God created us for these song moments and God says to bring those joyful songs to the Lord. Isn't it interesting? The same language we talk about the heart is the same language we talk about music. Have you ever thought about that? We say the heart has a beat. We say a music has a, has a beat. We say 
The heart has a rhythm. And music has a rhythm. The same expressions that a cardiologist will describe the heart is the same language a musician or a singer will do to, to describe music because it comes from the heart. And when the worship team comes on the platform, don't worry whether it's in the key of C or the key of E or the key. We sing in the key of you. We sing in the key of you. You say, I can't keep a key. It doesn't matter. It's an audience of one. Oh, don't ever worry. Simon Cowell will never be up here and listening to you and bonk and tell you you can't. It's not about that. It's under the Lord. And can I tell you, God, I believe, and the angels in heaven celebrate when, when we worship and praise the Lord. Then there is spontaneous praise. Yes, Psalm 100, verse 1, shout to the Lord. Now, uh, occasionally in service, somebody will well, you'll just hear them above everybody. Hallelujah! Or somebody will come down here in the front and sing and, and, and maybe express it a little bit more. And some of you get nervous about that. I can see it on your face. Your eyes get like saucers. And I've seen this before. Okay? I've seen this before. And you say, that's not, that's not who I am. That's out of my comfort zone. I respect that. I respect that. I'm not given to emotions. Well, let me tell you something. Many times I know the story behind that. Yeah. I remember one time somebody was there, and, 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 and I remember somebody said, you know what, I was uncomfortable. I felt like that was unnecessary. Somebody caught me after service and was telling me, that shouldn't happen. What they didn't know, their son who was in prison got a letter, got saved, came to Jesus. They had prayed for him for decades and in prison came to the Lord and they got the news that their prayer was answered. So when next time they came to church, there was, a, there was, a, there was kind of a, a dance in them. There was a celebration. And it's easy for us to say, oh, that's unnecessary. When God redeems your son from hell, you'll sing and dance too. If God heals you from cancer, you'll sing and dance too. Don't ever diminish somebody's celebration. The Bible says we can shout Shout to the Lord, shout to the Lord. Meditation praise, spoken praise. Oh, spoken praise, wholehearted praise. Yes, the Bible says in Psalm 103 verse one, I will bless the Lord by my whole heart. That means you can not put all your heart into it. Does that happen? Yeah, and I've been guilty of that. I've been guilty. Sometimes I haven't put my whole heart in it. Yeah. Sometimes I, I've been looking at the words and, and uh, thinking what I'm going to eat for lunch <laughs> or what I need to do and what I, 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 I'm guilty of that sometimes. The Bible says praise with your whole heart, wholehearted praise. It would do us good when we come to the house of the Lord to take this little device and just mute it for a little bit. Oh, I see people check doing this during worship service. And, and you know, they're checking on Facebook and seeing what uh, uh, Aunt Yak Yak has to say and 
this person and that person and going about, they're attending to all this stuff. And all that stuff can just wait another 45 minutes. Can I say church online? When it comes to worship, turn everything off in the house. Put everything aside. Don't answer the phone. Put everything down. And if you're going to be online, be all the way online and worship the Lord. Yeah. Have you ever been to a graduation ceremony? Yeah, but I want to, yeah, we have. Yeah, and they're listing the names and calling the names off, and we, we do that. <laughs> what happens when they get to your son or your daughter? Yeah, yeah. When they call the one you love, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I told Denise, babe, if you'll finish your GED, I will, I will, I will be the one that'll jump up and down louder than anybody. Yeah, when you hear that name, that name that just, that resonates with you. I'm going somewhere, stay with me, stay with me. Yeah, I remember before we were grandparents, before we were grandparents, Denise and I had discussion. I remember we were sitting in a restaurant, what are our grandkids gonna call us? You know, the first grandchild chooses your name and you're that from now on, whatever they need. And Denise was like, I don't wanna be called granny. That sounds so old. And I really don't like grandma. And she was saying, well, I said, well, what do you want to be? She says, I'd like to. She's trying to choose what the grandkids are going to call her. She said, I'm going to teach them what I want to be called. It never did work. I'll just tell you. It never did work. The first grandchild named us, and we're that from now on. But she said, I want to be, I want to be Mimi. You want to be Mimi? You can be Mimi. I won't be Pee Pee. I'll just tell you that. I'm not, I'm not going there, but ah, don't put that one on me at all. No. When you, but now, that name that was chosen by that grandchild, when they walk in and they holler her name, can I tell you, she gets up and she smiles and she has that hug. When it's a name, you know, can I tell you, at the name of Jesus, when you hear about the goodness of the Lord, why, we shout unto the Lord. We declare he is God. He has made us. We are the people of his pasture. We are sheep in his fold. We spontaneously give wholehearted praise unto the Lord. How's those expressions of praise? Yes. Number two, before our worship team comes, I want to share with you. Nobody can offer praise for us. That needs to seep in our heart. Nobody can offer praise for you. Do you know the Bible tells me that I can pray for you and my prayer will work? James chapter five. The, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous person is very effective. You say, pastor, pray for me. I pray for you. The Bible says God will honor, honor my prayer and bless you or heal you. God says that works. But in praise, it doesn't work that way. My praise won't bless you. My praise will not fill your heart. God says somebody else's prayer will work for you. But when it comes to praise, you have to praise for yourself. Somebody else's praise will not give you joy. Somebody else's celebration will not bring you out of darkness. You know, I can't eat supper for you and you get full. It won't happen. Yeah. I can't sit down and eat a meal and your stomach get full. If you don't eat the meal, you won't be fed. 
When it comes to praise, if you don't worship, you won't be blessed. And there's many of us, we are still in this veneration. We say, well, I come and I'm very respectful and I listen to the music and I go along with the order. That's not, nothing wrong with that. That's veneration. Worship is when we participate in the activity. We raise our hands. We celebrate. We sing unto the Lord. And guys, I want to invite you to step into that personal connection with God and offer your worship unto the Lord. Just a minute, the worship team's gonna come up and we're gonna take a step and here's what I'm gonna invite you. If your worship is here, go to here. 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 Whatever it is, and I'm not gonna tell you what to do. Yours doesn't have to sound like mine or look like mine. But whatever it is, I'm gonna invite us to begin to go to a, a deeper experience and I can't worship for you. I can't praise for you. I want you to think. We just heard a video about what Convoy of Hope is doing around the world in feeding the hungry in Ukraine and Romania and Poland, responding to these, these critical needs. People that haven't eaten for days. What if instead of Convoy of Hope, what if instead of them giving people meals to eat, what if they just passed out recipes? Hmm. Walk up to the hungry. This is, this is a recipe for chicken noodle soup. This is a recipe for chocolate cake. This is a recipe for a salad. Just read it and it'll fill you. Will a recipe fill your heart? No. You've got to eat it. You've got to eat it. So here it is. Praise is not knowing the mechanics. Many of us, we know the recipe, but we've never experienced it. We've never tasted to see that the Lord is good. And in Psalm 103, just a page probably further in your Bible, here's a recipe. Here's a recipe for worship of praise. What is inside of praise? Psalm 103 tells us right here. What are, what are the ingredients? What, if, if you entered the praise, what, what will you get out of it? Yeah. I, I, I can't tell a hungry person. Pumpkin pie is great. They've never tasted it. Well, here's a recipe and you'll know what it tastes like. No, they have to taste it. Here's what praise is. This is a recipe. Praise the Lord, oh my in Oh my soul, all my inmost being, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. And don't forget his benefits. Here it is. What's in praise? Who forgives all your sins. Wow. You know the reason some of us feel beat down and you've repented, but you don't feel forgiven because praise, praise is what takes the, the, the judicial act of forgiveness and makes it a personal expression. When you're in the presence of the Lord and you feel God, you feel God's presence, you feel forgiven. He goes on, he heals all your diseases. Yeah, he'll, he'll heal. I've been in worship services where there's been a healing grace sweep over and people have been delivered from addictions, from chronic headaches, insomnia, depression, praise does that. You came in with a need, God's, God's recipe is worship.
who satisfies you with good things. You feel like there's something missing. You'll feel like there's an ache in your heart. Praise. Praise will meet that. Praise will take that, that anxiousness away. He goes on to say, from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is extended to those who fear him. Yes, some of us don't feel loved by God. Some of us are in this, we're on this trap of performance and there's guilt all the time and you've never felt loved by the Lord. You've never felt accepted. The solution is your worship. What we need from God is found in praise. I'm not going to read you the recipe. I'm going to invite you to begin to experience praise in a very personal way. So the worship team is coming, and I'm going to invite you to stand across the auditorium right now, and we're going to go in a time of worship, balcony and main floor. This is the time in the presence of the Lord. And we worship the Lord. And if you would like to, it's always welcome. And it may seem the right thing to do. You may want to come and just worship down here. That may seem like a significant step of expression in your heart. You come. Never out of place to come in this altar and worship the Lord. Moreover, we're a spirit-filled church. And it's always appropriate in a spirit-filled church to worship and our heavenly language we call tongues, the, the, the prayer language of the Spirit, it's always welcome. I'm going to invite us from side to side, front to back, church online, to begin to worship. So would you join me all across here? Let's just prepare our hearts. Oh, God, just come into this house right now. Come into this house. Could we, with guys with upraised hands, upraised hands. Now, guys, fellas, I'm going to coach you. How about expressing your worship to the Lord? Yes. You, you, we, we have no problem telling our boss what we think. We have no problem telling others what we think, how we feel about Can we do that to the Lord? Could we, could we honor God in the same way? Oh, God, you're great. You're marvelous, Lord. We're marvelous. Lord, let the expressions of worship come as an offering unto the Lord.